So I have to say, as we come into Ascension today, what a strange set of readings that we just heard. Jesus, in the gospel, calls out to his disciples the Great Commission, and he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the ages. And then he leaves. Where did you go? Now, i got to be honest, this is not how I expected or anticipated to celebrate Ascension Day. Ascension Day was actually this past Thursday, 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus. 40 days after Jesus had appeared to his disciples and many others and was teaching and preparing them for the work that was ahead of them. For the work that would happen and begin at Pentecost and then every day thereafter. That the work he had been doing would now be entrusted into their hands. Yet for that to happen, he had to leave. And many of them that day, as I'm sure many of us ourselves even today, wish that he was still around. That he was still around to do his work. But it's recorded in the, in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. And right after saying this, this is during his, his final discourse before he experiences his passion, he tells them about the promise of the Holy Spirit that they will receive. So even before his death, he's preparing them for ascension and for uh, Pentecost. What a strange thing for Jesus to say, though, that we, you and I, will do works greater than he himself did. It sounds a little impossible, or at the very least, ridiculous. Especially if we're supposed to remain humble as Christians, right? I mean, how does that conversation go? Hey, what did you do today? Oh, not much. How about yourself? Oh, you know, greater works than Jesus. That's a pretty spectacular claim. But this is what is fascinating about God. He, he frequently invites us into his creative, life-giving work. It was God who formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and from his side fashions Eve. But every time thereafter, human life was brought forth and knit within the womb of a woman. We were invited to bring forth new life, to be co-creators with God, to bring a, 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 a body and a soul together in this beautiful union that we call a new person, each one unique and, and unrepeatable like none other. And likewise, when Jesus goes to his Father, his word, the word become flesh, is now not contained in the singular person of Jesus of Nazareth, but has been entrusted to us. And through that word, he works great things. He works great miracles even. Not just the healing of bodily ailments, but a miracle of new life through the waters of baptism, as Jesus talks about. That we must be born again through water and the Spirit. That that ministry would be entrusted to us to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we are bodily conduits through which God demonstrates his love for us and for the world. Jean Valjean says in, in Les Mis, to love another person is to see the face of God. 
And to be disconnected from that body hurts. That's why they stare up to heaven, wondering what just happened. And the angels have to tell them to stop looking up and start, start looking out. I've reflected on this a lot the last few months, and, I, and I'm glad there's some of us here today and glad for those who are joining us on, online today too. But we know it's still not the same. It's been strange being separated from the body of Christ. There's a priest who said some words, and I, they really struck me because for me it's not a, a pain about being lonely. I have, I have a household that is our own little village community. There's no quiet for us in our quarantine. None. It's not the pain of being alone that's hurt so bad. It's, it's not the pain of not having you here to say, oh, good job, pastor, well done. It's the pain that I haven't been able to do what I was called to do, to feed his lambs. So something that ultimately cannot be done through a television screen. And I've asked myself, so, Jesus, where are you? Why are you allowing this to even happen? And I'm sure you've all asked that question in, in different capacities. I mean, we've all experienced this time differently. And, and I can't even begin to imagine the many different experiences we have had. But in the midst of it all, I, I've sensed a collective frustration or, or even an anger. Because I think we all are aware that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And I'm not talking about some rising up against anybody. I'm talking about the past few months have been a great, a great time of humility for mankind. We are not the greatest thing. We are not in control. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. This is the world of sin we live in. These are the effects of sin. Disease and pestilence and death and poverty and famine. Fear of the unknown. And we no longer can hide behind some false sense of security bought and purchased for us by green pieces of paper and plastic cards. And even in those moments when we say, oh, but Jesus is with us, it sure doesn't always seem like it right now. And that's one of the effects of sin, too. That I find myself looking to heaven and, and, and repeating the words of the psalmist in Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you hide your face? How long will the heavens be silent? Now, yes, he is here right now, but he's also not here like the day he will one day be. And this is what I mean. His presence does bring us comfort. To receive his gifts of body and blood, to receive him, brings us comfort. And so the separation from those gifts during this time has been, been painful because there's such an integral part of our relationship with God and, and in that there's such an integral part of who we are. We bodily commune with our God. Yet even in his presence through his most holy gifts is nothing compared to the presence that is to come when we will be with him bodily forever. A life that we receive through our, our death. I'm reminded of John uh, who, who paints the picture in Revelation of what is to come. And he says, no longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. 
They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. We think we can tame sin or, or maybe even define sin to fit our own needs. We think we can escape its effects and live comfortably if we just try a little harder. But we can't. Because again, we are not the greatest thing. God is. We are not in control. God is. And every time man tries to take over and grasp for himself, inevitably death comes. But when God takes over, he gives life. It is Jesus alone who can conquer the foes we face, and he already has. And now he goes to prepare a place for us and his presence forever. So, so this whole situation we've experienced has just made more acute the pain we already experience because we know what is is not what will be. That, that tension of living in the right now, but also, also looking forward to what is to come. Living in the midst of that. Because ultimately our desire is to be with him. Because our relationship with Jesus is deeper than just a casual friendship. Like we talk about Jesus as a friend. He's more than a casual friend or even a good friend. The scriptures often use spousal imagery to describe the relationship that, that we have with Christ. And I think that's helpful here. I can get by with giving my buddy a call here or there and talking to him on the phone and keeping up with him. But my spouse... Think of a military marriage when, when the husband's deployed, for example. They're able to call and, and FaceTime and, and, and whatever with their spouse, but can they fully experience their marital love over Zoom? No. No, they can't. And what joy there is when they, when they reunite in a bodily embrace. This is, this is why any one of us can watch those coming home military videos on, on YouTube or whatever, and we just, we're just like broken down to tears, right? Oh, I'm just cutting onions. That's what it is, right? No, we, we sense the pain of the separation. And as they hug their spouse, and as they, they hug their children, these, these big, strong soldiers being tackled by little kids, we connect with it because... At even some abstract level, we understand the, the pain of being present but not really there. That we can fake presence in so many ways, but it's not the same. Or perhaps even the heart-wrenching pain of knowing that embrace will never happen. At least not on this side of eternity, because for but a moment, it does appear that sin has won. We can have our personal prayer life. We can, we can have worship on TV. We can have our devotionals that will get sent to our emails, but it's not the same because we were made for more than just a casual relationship with our God. We were made for a deep, intimate, bodily relationship with God, which the closest analogy to describe that relationship, which is still lacking, is the marital love shared between a husband and a wife. And so there is a bodily reality to our relationship with God that we cannot ignore. Our desire to be in his presence bodily forever. Now, none of us know what the future holds. 
Yet we as Christians, we do. We, we know what the future ultimately holds. And it's a future that is devoid of all the effects of sin. All the, all the brokenness we daily experience, that, that tension we experience even now. But between now and then, we're not sure what's next. But we do know that even though Jesus has ascended into heaven, that he is with us always. That even when he goes away, he does so in order to draw us closer to him, each of us. Not, not just for the 12 or not just for 5,000, but, but for all of us, humanity, created in his image and likeness so that we may know him and he may bring us up one day into his presence forever. As Job says in the Old Testament, that though my flesh will die, though the skin will rot away, yet in my flesh I will see my God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.